Hello, and welcome to Chasing Energy, where we give you stories, tools, and insights to fuel a life worth living. This is episode number eight with Christy Powers. One thing I can tell you about being in the health and wellness field is there are a lot of holistic health coaches. Christy had a kind of a unique twist to her story, and I really appreciated how she diversifies her approach to being a healthier person by encompassing many dimensions and in fact, looking for your natural strengths that will help you achieve a long-term healthy solution. We delve into a lot of things, starting with Christy's story with autoimmune disease, the power of meditation and focus, starting with mindset. When she meets with a client, she starts with getting them in the right mindset as opposed to just trying to explain calories and all those type of things. The power of positive words and beliefs on your behavior and the influence that it makes in how you think, leveraging your natural strengths for wellness and success, forgiving yourself on a proactive basis. So when you, you know that there's a, a cheat meal coming up or, or you want to, to have this treat, getting rid of the guilt is a very big part of her approach. Christy's programs generally last about 100 days with her clients. She tries to enable you for success long after that. She explains how she came up with that approach one of her quick tips for energy at the end of this is that energy starts the night before. So respect the wind down process and think about how you went into your rest the night prior, what you ate, how much sleep you got, things like that. At the end of this podcast, I'm going to give you a little takeaway on what Christy shared with me. You're going to get a ton of great notes on this podcast, including a couple of recipes that she was kind enough to share, as well as a link to her book. One thing I could definitely learn from Christy is that she has such a graceful way of approaching health. I tend to be a little bit more macho, tough, grit, discipline, and she tends to be much more forgiving, grace, and there's room for both. There's there's room for both approaches, but I listen to her and think I need to in incorporate more of her type of mindset into living a healthier life. So enough rambling. Here is Christy Powers. I hope you enjoy the interview. Hey, Christy, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you, Daniel? I'm doing awesome. Thanks for being on Chasing Energy today. I'm happy to share your message. You got a lot of good things to say. Thank you Let's for having started. me. Let's get started. Tell yeah, you're welcome. Hey, tell tell us a little bit about what you do. Sure. It ties into my journey. I'm a holistic health coach, and I focus on helping people with autoimmune diseases and autoimmune symptoms along with weight loss. And my journey started because I struggled myself with lupus and Hashimoto's for over 10 years, and I found that it was such a harrowing undulated journey and it wasn't a quick fix. It wasn't something where I just avoid this to eat or I just run six miles a day and I'm gonna be fixed. It was a bunch of pieces to a puzzle and I felt like there was a need for a health coaching service where you're providing all of these different pieces and a holistic approach to health. That's right. And part of why you're so passionate about what you do and your specific approach is that you were misdiagnosed on several occasions, correct? I was. So numerous times I was diagnosed with depression 
And although I was feeling depressed, it was because I was ill. It was my body's natural reaction to what was going on. So mm -hmm. instead of masking the symptoms, I decided to start looking at the root cause of what was causing inflammation in the first place. Mm -hmm. And when you when you first started, when you say you got to the root cause of your inflammation and mm -hmm. saying, what, what is causing this? Can you tell us some, uh, like one of your early breakthroughs yes. where you first said, I think I'm on to something? Yes. I would say early on meditation. Mm -hmm. So I know we're, the show is about chasing energy. And honestly, one of the best things to do to feel as if you took a nap or a little mental reset is to meditate. And meditation gave me the energy. Anybody with that has autoimmune conditions or knows somebody that has an autoimmune disease knows that they suffer from chronic fatigue. So one of the most pivotal things was calming my nervous system down, which lowered <laughs> inflammation and also made me feel restored in a very gentle and I guess just very gentle way is the only way I know let's, how to explain it. Let's unpack that a bit, okay? Mm -hmm. Because there's there's several benefits to mindfulness and meditation, those type of things. But let's talk about how it can benefit you in your situation and maybe for someone who's listening. So I'll start by saying we are in a point in time where everything is fighting for our attention and unplugging is is seen as being unproductive, mm -hmm. right? And when the mind is forced to be alone with itself, it's very uncomfortable, generally, which is why most people sort of refrain from it. It sort of forces you to face what, what is going on in the back right. of your head. There's not some quick thing distracting you. Right. The other part that I think is very relevant to your situation, Christy, is that when you practice mindfulness and meditation, it makes you more aware of what is going on in your body. So... When you have people who spend that time alone, they're more aware of, you know what, I, the thing that I did yesterday, the thing that I ate this morning, whatever, I'm starting to notice that more prevalently. Right. It's a little easier, for example, if you have a food that doesn't really agree with you, it's a little easier to not notice that at all mm -hmm. when you're constantly... Uh, moving, going, and just looking for a pick-me-up to get through the current situation. I had a previous guest who said his early solution for any time he would have brain fog was to slam a soda. And how he sort of unpacked that this was a very detrimental short-term solution, and, and he was able to solve that. But I'm just saying, when you practice mindfulness, you become much more aware of, this is something that might be causing me consequences. Exactly. So... One of your unique pr approaches is that every client starts with mindset. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me a little bit about how you start with mindset? Yes. So a nice way to frame it is just like anything in, else in life. We talk about how important mindset is when it comes to business or being an entrepreneur or, you know, achieving something that seems so out of reach. Well, when somebody comes to me and they have autoimmune disease, it's the same type of hurdle. It's... This is so far reaching. This is something that is impossible. But really, you have to be able to believe, conceive, to achieve. So if you don't have the mindset or you're telling yourself stories or you carry beliefs that are not serving your health journey, you will not be successful. 
So it starts with catching any narrative that you're telling yourself that is not serving that journey and then right. extra credit. So building that self-awareness just in your own mindset, but then also flipping the script and asking yourself, what's the positive narrative I can tell myself? Because neuroscience is showing us our mind doesn't know what it's telling. You can say something positive or something negative. It doesn't matter. It's going to believe whatever you're telling it. So yeah. we start with the mind first. You have to believe healing is there for you. Yeah, when you use negative or positive language, you're programming the machine, right? Exactly, it's a computer. It, it, yeah, and it, it's actually one of those things where it's very, I, I, I think even up till the last several years, it was popular for your slang to be self-deprecating. God, I'm such an idiot. God, I'm so stupid. And the mind does not know that you're not trying to literally program itself. Mm -hmm. And when you say things, one one that I, I have really actively rewired is saying, I've never been good at blah, 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 or I'm, I'm no good at blah, blah, blah. And a common one I hear people say is, I've never been any good at math. And I go, well, of course, you're never going to be any good at math if you sit there and say that. That's like saying, I'll never learn how to play the piano. It's too complicated. Of course, you're going to find every way to self-sabotage success in there because you've programmed yourself to think, I can't do this. Exactly. Very powerful. So when you find that narrative, I take it you talk to people who say, I, I could never eat healthy every day, or I could never have enough energy to run a, you know, a certain amount of time or something. Give me some examples of a specific narrative that you were able to identify as being holding people back and the, how you reprogram that. That it's not possible, that they won't feel better. It's really basic and it's a common theme. So how I work with that is not only sharing of reframe, how to change that, giving them options of other ways to think about their journey, but telling them also that life is purely perspective. We could go to the same movie, you could love it, I could hate it, and yeah. it's just perspective. So it's asking people to change a perspective so that it serves you. You absolutely can do this. And what I like to do is give people also a personality test, a career assessment through Stanford to show them all the different skills and capabilities they have. And why can't you package that and use that towards your health and wellness journey? So people have leadership skills. They have entrepreneurial skills. They have creativity. Why can't you bring that into your health and wellness journey? And it's a realization. It's kind of an aha. And then also when you provide them the opposite feeling or the opposite perspective, they realize, wow, this is easy to adopt. Yeah. So for example, from a professional, like when you look at those strength finder tests, mm -hmm. like Gallup and things like that, there are people who are natural planners. Well, that can serve you because if you're able to plan out your month of nutrition or training, you're already at a tremendous edge exactly. over a lot of people who can't think past the next day or two. And so a little tidbit there I found when on I used to sit in church on Sundays and would write out my training for the week on the back of a card that they would have the little cards in front of me well you weren't paying attention <laughs> I know but you know I, let's just say I mean it's you've got time to kill in there but 
I noticed that no matter what happened during the week, if I had written it on that piece of paper, I, I almost always found time for it. And if I didn't write it on paper that week, it was much more difficult for me to say, this is possible. But when I'd written it with the, on a piece of paper, there was something about that act that said, no, I, I've committed to this. I've written it down. I will do this. And I never thought about it at the time. Mm-hmm. But as the months and years progressed, I noticed, you know, I didn't write anything this week, and I missed a workout. That's kind of odd. And, and with the other ones, I was, I was pretty dead on. I mean, obviously things happen. So mindset, weight loss is another one that's very popular. And you have said things like weight gain is a form of inflammation. Talk to me about... What are some of the misconceptions people have when they come to see you about mm-hmm. weight loss and how how you kind of steer them in that direction? Yes, it's so interesting. It kind of goes back to starting with mindset. I think there's a misconception when it comes to weight loss where an individual treats it as how am I going to restrict my diet and how hard do I need to hit the gym? And they're so eager to get the information on nutrition when really negative experiences or anything you carry emotionally, your mindset can have a huge impact on the weight you literally feel. When you calm your nervous system down, you're more likely to lose weight. So, and also looking at yourself compassionately, when you have weight gain, it's just another form of inflammation. And all that means is you're doing something or eating something that's not serving your body. So when you start eating foods that serve your body and you're feeding it minerals and vitamins, everything you need, you find natural alignment. It's not Mm -hmm. hard. It's actually finding what serves you and what doesn't serve you. And a nice Mm -hmm. strategy for people to think about is instead of, um, I guess, holding back from foods that you love, consider uh, crowding out the foods and overwhelming mm-hmm. yourself with foods and options that are healthy. Yeah, there's a lot of directions I could go there. Mm-hmm. and uh, But I first want to say is it sounds to me like you start with empathy. Empathy for not just for that person, but for that person for themselves. Treat yourself with forgiveness. Give yourself permission to make mistakes. I heard a wonderful interview uh, with one of my favorite habits coaches, James Clear, and he stated that too many people build their goals and their schedule around what am I going to be able to do on a good day instead of what am I going to be able to maintain on a bad day. And the difference between people who achieve over a period of years versus try something for a few weeks and fall off is that they generally only fall off for a day or two and then they get back into their routine. Exactly. And that's, and that's where the that, empathy that ties into and what the you're compassion saying with, yeah, come forgiveness. in. Because I notice there's a spiral of shame. So mm-hmm. if somebody, say for instance, they eat something unhealthy, it makes them feel terrible, and they don't allow themselves to go back to mindfulness, enjoy it. Take in the senses, smell it, eat yeah. it. If you love it, have it. But then mm-hmm. if you don't, if you ditch the shame, the next day you're probably going to get right back on the horse like you're talking about instead of doing this weekend binge and feeling terrible. So I want to say something about that because it's a very, it's actually a very powerful concept that, that even I struggle with, and that is forgiving myself. And it's such a silly thing, for, especially for guys, 
to say, I'm going to forgive myself for this, but I will give you a very literal example of something silly. Dishes. I never leave dishes overnight. Almost never. But every now and then, I'll I'll stay up and I'll be busy with the kids or whatever and the dishes are there. I will tell myself when I see the dirty dishes from dinner sitting there, I'll say, I'm going to go ahead and give you permission to forgive yourself for this. And just by uh, saying that to myself, when I get up in the morning and I see it, I say, ah, you're not allowed to feel shame over this because you've already forgiven yourself. And it's, was, it works remarkably well. It's just a silly little exercise that I do and say, just so you know, I know you're going to see this tomorrow and feel guilt and shame. Don't do it. Exactly. I forbid you from, I've already forgiven this. Let's move on. And one other thing I heard from Doug Evans when I interviewed him was, he said, why is it that when you drop, you drop a glass. <laughs> Sorry. No worries. Why is it that when you... So that's a good example. Your dog is barking and you're like, I'm so sorry. Okay. Why is it that when your dog is barking, mm-hmm. you feel, oh man, I'm so sorry about this. But if it were my dog and I was on your podcast, you would be like, it's no big deal. So <laughs> right. the idea there is forgive yourself sometimes as much as you would forgive someone else for the same transgression. Right. right? It must be the mailman. <laughs> nothing, uh, yeah. nothing I can do. <laughs> So your program is, I think you mentioned your program is three months generally, It is, yes, because I feel like it's a certain amount of time to develop habits that last. We talked about this, and I want you to sort of outline why you feel three months is a critical period. Mm -hmm. I believe in incrementally making small changes so that you can develop habits and a lifestyle that you enjoy. So I think there's a misconception, too, that if you choose a healthy lifestyle, it's a miserable one. When in fact, it can be very fun. You can meet your goals. You can find foods that are very satisfying, even feel like cheats. I mean, there are so many options today. And um, yeah, it's designed that way also because I am a holistic health coach. So there are so many other things aside from nutrition that impact our health. And I think Something important to note is we often just look at ourselves as a a digestive tract. When we're a nervous system, we're an endocrine system, we're spiritual beings. We have so much going on that impact Mm -hmm. our health. And when you educate somebody on maybe the environmental factors going on indoor, outdoor, how they can detox, how they can repair their gut, there's so much information to share. And it's designed also so that you're empowered and you don't need my help anymore. Spread your wings and fly. So I want to say a couple of things about that because we, uh, I know you're, you're big on talking about stress on the system. Mm-hmm. And I see both sides of it. So one thing I see is for people like myself who tend to push too hard is s- stress on the body is the same as stress on the mind in the sense that if you're having a really bad personal situation, it's the same as if you, say, had just run a race. Your body's exhausted. You're tired. You don't sleep well. You're fatigued. Correct. The body does not know the difference. It looks at it as this is a stress. It's a, you can argue it's a form of a precursor to some type of inflammation. The flip side to that is that there are people who feel like when they're stressed, they don't feel like they should do anything at all because they're just exhausted and tired. So for me, as with, as with any, you know, sort of 
economist or anybody, it depends is a very popular answer. So if they're stressed out and they're in a stressful situation, I, I, and including myself in this, I say, then you need to walk. You need to, you need to create motion. But the flip side of that is, is I say, well, I didn't sleep much at all last night and I'm, and I'm a little stressed. You're not going to go to the well today at the, whatever opportunity or your training is. You're going to tone it down just to sort of, you know, keep, keep in motion. There is always tomorrow. Come back tomorrow. Give, I give myself permission to just, you know, take it easy today. So there's two sides of the coin where some people will abuse it one way and then some way, some people will abuse it the other and say, you know, I'm under stress. I'm just not going to do anything today. Exactly. But I also think week to week, it's not the same. So depending on stress levels, whatever's going on in your life, maybe one week, yes, you're you're working out five days a week, you're eating really mm-hmm. healthy, but then the next week you're being asked maybe to pivot. Maybe mm-hmm. you're asked to meditate more, go within, practice mindfulness, maybe be creative, do something that restores your body center. So sure. I think uh, we're being a asked good example to pivot that is, a lot. Yeah. There's times where fasting is a good approach, right? Where, you know, sometimes going a day without food is a great way to reset the body. I mean, you don't want to do it all the time, but it's a great way to reset things. It's a shock to the system. It's different. It's something new to try. I I encourage people, if you think you're going to die, if you don't eat for eight hours, I'm like, how do you think our ancestors lived? I mean, (laughs) you you definitely did not have midnight snacks and wake up and have something first thing in the morning. And I, I don't even get preachy about intermittent fasting like I used to, but suffice to say, I think there is benefits in being able to say, I'm going to do without something that I feel is will, will make me a better person. Right. So talk to me, if someone were to come up to you at the park or the coffee shop and say, man, Christy, my energy is just slow. I feel tired all the time. What kind of things would you tell them? That energy starts off in the night before. Mm-hmm. That I believe, you know, I obviously a lot of people I work with, they have sleep disturbances. And what I share is that you have to treat yourself as if you're no different than a child when you go to bed. You need time to wind down. We are no different. So expecting, imagine we have a toddler at home They're watching TV until 10 o'clock. They're eating stuff. They're just sitting on the couch. Do you think they're going to be ready to go to bed and have a wonderful night's sleep? No. And I think we think we're different than children, but we're really not. We actually need to dim the lights down. We need to calm ourselves down, maybe turn the TV off, read a book. And it's really going back to the way we used to do things, not so overstimulated. So I think... Having energy starts with a good night's sleep and then also starting your day off. These are very simple things, but Mm -hmm. starting your day off drinking water, what I like to call front-loading yourself with water. Mm -hmm. So drinking mostly water in the beginning of the day and making sure you have enough water in your system each day is one of the number one things for energy. Uh, I I have to agree, and as as someone who's entering middle-aged male, drinking water at the front of the day is far preferred versus drinking in the evening, because then there's interruptions to sleep that and all those consequences that come with that. Exactly. But yes, uh, I love front-loading water at the at the beginning of the day. That's a great little strategy. What else you got for me? 
Yes, I think also when you have a variety of vitamins and minerals in your diet, I think that's where you get a lot of your energy. But not only mm -hmm. that, if you're looking to lose weight, obviously, as you lose weight and you get more streamlined with your body weight, you also have more energy. But when you are eating complex vitamins and minerals, your body is also more satisfied. So you're not reaching for empty calories yeah. and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So now mm -hmm. let's let's preface that with a caveat because uh, let's go back to what you said about programs are three months for a reason. When you tell a client, "I want you to start to switch to whole foods and not eat sugar," there is almost always a detox period of I always have a Coke or a cookie right as soon as I finish my lunch. And that first couple of days, I think people are shocked mm -hmm. at how much that they sort of crash when they don't get that, that fix. Exactly. There are, we're so lucky because in the modern day and age, there are fixes, there are substitutions, there's sugar replacements. And yes, you mm -hmm. might experience this crash, but that's even more reason to hydrate a lot. And also have some forgiveness. Coke, I mean, um, sugar is eight times more addictive than cocaine. It's one of the hardest mm -hmm. things to wean somebody off of, but it is possible. Mm -hmm. And you don't do it overnight. So I think approaching it the way I approach it, it's very incremental. It's baby steps. And before you know it, you've created a lifestyle or you've created impactful habits that will change your life. But there are such great products, even, you know, sugar replacements, there's cookies that are made with sugar replacements or low sugar um, and just weaning yourself off of it. If you could just eliminate the diet soda to start or the soda. Yeah. So I'm glad you said the soda thing. That's a great little segue for the story. It was in my mind when you were talking recently. I'm a, I'm a bit of a health nut. I try not to push it too much on my kids, but they only eat natural things when they're around me because I just don't have a lot of other stuff. However, we were visiting a friend's house the other day and my son was drinking a soda and I did not give him guilt or shame over it. I said, you know, that's not a diet soda, right? And he goes, oh, I thought it was. And I said, it's fine. I want you to drink it. It's fine. It's okay. And I pulled up on my phone and I said, I just want you to see a picture of how many sugar cubes are in a 20 ounce soda. And when he saw the picture, he was completely shocked. And and it was one of those things where I was like, this isn't an exercise in shame or guilt. I just want you to know that you don't see it, but that's how much, how many, and I forgot how many sugar cubes are in one, but it's a lot. But it's that's lot. powerful. And that's how I work with clients is it's very important to educate the why. Mm -hmm. So if you educate the why this is bad, it's not just me telling you cut this, this, this out. But if you give people the visuals and you give them the resources and you tell them why, they understand it and then they can draw this negative association with something that's not serving them. And also going back to mindset work, having somebody draw all these negative associations with having sugar in the first place. Oh, that's going to make me fat or that's going to make me feel ill or it's going to make me feel a crash later or it's not serving what I want and, you know, it's not serving my why in my life. So it's a lot of those things. I, I like that, uh, you know, going beyond uh, the regimen, which, and let's be honest, when most people come to us and say, I want to lose 10 pounds, they just want a regimen. They don't want to know the why. They don't want to educate themselves. They just want you to hand them a program and hold them accountable. But when you educate them, you start to figure out, 
or, or tell them there's so much gray area between what's on this sheet of what you're supposed to eat and what what's you're really going to eat and what's available and what's in the real world. But when you educate them on, like you said, uh, on the why this is a bad idea to eat X, Y, Z. Right. It's, uh, it's creating lasting change. And I think that's what's yeah. missing in health coaching is creating like the why, having an understanding, developing habits. Um, it's handful. Yeah. And so the precursor, the precursor to why in this case would be awareness and information of consequences, right? And then they, once they're aware of those consequences, they go, this is why I will not choose this um, as a default. And I think that's what you and I kind of agree on. It's, it's not like we're telling you you can't have these things. It's that you, they should not be your default. They should not be your go-to. When you come home in the evening, don't default to grabbing the drink or whatever, actually ask yourself, what do I want tonight? What do I need tonight? And then, and, and go from there. Just don't make it an inactive, involuntary type thing. Right. And I think something powerful, a little trick, I'll give you an example. So for me, I don't eat certain things because I draw the association that I will have disease if I eat X, Y, Z. So nobody has to know your why. You can make your why as strong as possible if that helps you to stop that habit. Mm -hmm. So you can tell yourself, oh, if I continue this, you know, someday I might have heart disease. It could be nobody. It could be just between you and yourself, that why. But when you strengthen the why, that definitely helps form new habits. So I will tell you some of my personal whys, Christy, are I, I am very aware of what indulgences interfere with my sleep. And it could be anything from having a coffee at three o'clock in the afternoon. It could be eating later than eating within an hour of bedtime is a bad idea for me. I just don't sleep as well. Uh, and we talked earlier about drinking a lot of water in the evening. That does, So my why is, is this worth losing sleep over? Like I'll look at this particular treat and go, if this second cocktail or third cocktail and go, if I drink this, I am not going to sleep well. Is that worth it? Correct. Is it really worth it? And just asking yourself that question puts you so far ahead because at least you're saying, I know what the consequences are and I'm aware that this decision has consequences and then you can make the decision accordingly. Right? Yes. It's empowering. It gives you options. You can play with your mind as much as you want and use it to serve you. There's a book by Michael Pollan, which I know we kind of discussed him on our on our last chat, but Michael Pollan, it's a book called Food Rules, and it was very basic, primitive food rules, and things like, you shouldn't eat a cereal that changes the color of your milk, you know, kind of logical stuff, but, the, but at the end of the book, now I'm going to have to pull this quote from like my, the fog of my memory, but... He, he sums his entire book into eight words, and I think it's eat real food, mostly leafy greens, not too much. That, I think that was the entire summary of his book. But at the end of the book of food rules, which I think it was like 20 rules or 100 rules, he's, the last one says, break the rules from time to time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that, you know, we yeah. just had a Thanksgiving holiday, right? Yeah. And yeah. so what I tell clients is fully enjoy it. Just enjoy mm-hmm. it. And then the next day, you're going to be so motivated to get back and on the saddle. And it's just, a, like you it, know, Christine. and also that goes back to, 
I like helping clients look at it like we're going back to the way our ancestors ate. Mm-hmm. And our ancestors didn't have the luxury to have a soda, a cupcake, a cookie every single day. And we act and eat like we're kings and queens when mm-hmm. really the only time they had abundance was really a holiday. That's right. The big feast. Yeah. And if you can look yeah. at it like that and really go in and appreciate it and then treat, I like clients to treat Monday through Friday, like go time. Maybe weekends you lay off just a little bit, but you're still kind of on program, but mm-hmm. it makes it a lifestyle that's achievable and it's sustainable. Very much so. And and we look at those feasts from the, from the past and the history and Often they were accompanied by Lent, which was fasting and, and things like that. So we're, we're quick to dismiss all that type of stuff and go, well, they feasted in the old times. Right. Well, that, was, that wasn't that common. And as I have, I have said on this podcast a few times, this is the only time I know of in history where we are dying because of, of so much access to food. And you could call it food products instead of food if you want. But we have a surplus of access to calories. And this is the first time where we're dying that I know of in history because of we're eating too many calories. Also, and what's so unusual is we're one of the wealthiest countries, and yet our poorest populations are overweight. Whereas mm-hmm. other countries, you see third world countries, and they can't even feed themselves. But we have That's the right. reverse problem here, which is so strange. It, it is super strange, but it's not surprising if you're ever in a grocery store. It is so much easier to fill your cart with something that's shelf-stable, made with white flour or exactly. grain. It's sugars, and you can fill your whole cart with it. You can eat at a McDonald's a whole lot cheaper than you can go to the food bar at Whole Foods. This, there is a trade. I am not, when, when I talk about when people are in poverty situations, it is a difficult thing to come home with with and feed your, your, your children or your family whole foods. That is a tricky thing to do. And we've, we've explored that we've, in, in some of the previous discussions, talked about how you can grow enough nutrition on your counter with sprouts that's in, in its pennies, pennies yes, per I meal. Yes, I listened to that podcast. It was ah, great. Yeah, yeah. And I practice what I preach on that one. I, I actually have been for three years, every single, almost every single week, I grow my sprouts. And, but and, I do want to say, too, a workaround for that, because I do want to mm-hmm. be sensitive and accessible to people who are strapped. Mm-hmm. And if you lean towards vegetables and shop the perimeter of a grocery store, you can actually save money. So instead of eating a ton of meat, you'll save a lot of money if you go vegetarian most of the week. It, it's mm-hmm. pretty incredible. Yeah, a uh, great one. Of, I think one of the most underrated vegetables that you can make taste really good with proper technique is carrots. If you know how to braise a like char in a cast iron skillet, carrots, and then and then you drizzle a little balsamic over there and some sea salt. It's it's one of those things where you can buy at Costco a 10-pound bag of organic carrots for something like six bucks or something. And then there's, you know, beans. Organic beans, same thing. You buy a big bag, prepare it. You're talking about less than a buck a meal at that point when you doctor it up, add some quinoa to that meal, for example, and you have a very round uh, nutritional powerhouse there, very well-rounded. And you're right. There, there are definitely some affordable ways that people are not exploring outside of the middle of the grocery store. 
Exactly. You don't have to get you don't, you don't have to go to the fancy organic section necessarily to have a healthy meal. No, they, just get little... started. Just get started yeah. and you have if you have a backyard too, consider planting some seeds and just see what comes up. Absolutely. So your website is Powers Being and do you also have an Instagram page I do. You want to tell people? Yeah, it's mm-hmm. the same handle Powers Being. Mm-hmm. And I offer a free consultation over at my website. And I also have a book on Amazon called Roadmap to Autoimmune Remission. And that has Mm -hmm. recipes that got me to my healing path as well as my mindset and practical takeaways. So, which you you also give away your recipes on your newsletter as well, correct? I do. And my website Mm -hmm. has a ton of healthy recipes too. Tell me the most recent one you sent out, the most recent recipe. Yes. So, have you heard of Millet? You know millet yeah, at all? I do. I do so that's it. actually yeah. an inexpe- inexpensive thing you can buy. But I mm-hmm. like to, um, so I made a breakfast porridge out of it. Mm-hmm. I'm grain free. So that's based of seed. And you blend it up and pour a warm strawberry sauce with tarragon on top and some pecans. Mm-hmm. And it tastes like childhood. <laughs> <laughs> nice. It tastes like a cheat. But that's the trick. You just need to get a little creative in the kitchen with your vegetables and fruits. And it's very satisfying. I will put uh, the recipe in the show notes and make sure that's there. Millet, I think Bob's Red Mill has has that. Is there a certain brand that you prefer on the millet? Um, Actually, another way to kind of do an inexpensive trick is they have millet usually in dry bins. And it's Mm -hmm. cheaper than packaged food. Yeah. Yeah, I like it, Christy. Well, thank you so much for sharing your gift today and your story about how you've conquered autoimmune. I'm sure it's an ongoing thing, but you are doing fantastic. Really proud to have you here today and to share your story. Thank you, Daniel. It's such a pleasure. Yeah, thank you, Christy. Have a great day. You too. So many thanks to Christy Powers for joining me on this podcast, Little Insight. That was actually my first female guest. I have another interview scheduled with Shauna Thomas in January. She is the owner of Hockey Snacks. It's a Canadian company that makes healthy snacks for children. In the show notes, yes, if you look at that little thing that's in your podcast and actually read the notes, I type up all the notes from these things, there is a link to Christy's blog, powersbeing.com, as well as a link to her book on Amazon. And she was kind enough, like I mentioned, to share a recipe for chocolate truffles and the porridge that she mentioned in this podcast. Now, I want to add one little thing to her truffle recipe, if I could be so uh, bold. I think it could use a little bit of artificial sweetener or maybe just a touch of molasses. The recipe's on the site. It does not call for any sugar whatsoever. I would add a little touch of molasses, and if you like, a Swerve makes a good brown sugar alternative that is that is very good. One last note, and it's a very egotistical one. I started this podcast knowing that there was a statistic that most podcasts never make it past episode 7. So I thought to myself, as long as I can put out 10 episodes, I have I have gone past the average and can hang my hat on that. So if you haven't already leave a review it helps other people find this it helps support the podcast and i really appreciate you listening i look forward to our next conversation it's with callan mcgibbon 
you're going to enjoy that one. He has some great insights on strength training. So until next time, I hope that this podcast has made your life just a little bit better. I hope that you found a little bit of wisdom in what these people have shared from their journey and what I've shared from my journey. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening.